Well, Chris Christie is now leading Ron DeSantis in a recent New Hampshire poll. Christie is in second, but Trump leads Christie by a wide margin, something Christie is no stranger to. And Rudy Giuliani is broke. I'm David Feldman. This is The Mop Up for August 16th, 2023. I must admit, I was surprised to see that Jeffrey Clark was indicted on Monday. Did not see that one coming. Jeffrey Clark was that low-level Justice Department lawyer working in the Civil Division's environmental office. And Trump was going to make him acting attorney general in the waning days of his administration to ferret out imaginary voter fraud. Clark drafted a memo in December of 2020 that He wanted the then acting attorney general, Jeffrey Rosen, to sign and then sent to Georgia claiming there was massive evidence of voter fraud. The draft letter urged Georgia state legislators to convene an emergency session to send an alternative slate of electors to Washington, D.C. Now, while the letter was rejected by the acting attorney general, It does serve as evidence in Monday's indictment that Jeffrey Clark, a Justice Department official, was participating in a massive conspiracy to defraud the state of Georgia, its voters, and the United States Congress. In trying to get Acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen to sign it, Trump, according to the acting Attorney General Rosen, who testified before the January 6th committee, Trump said, waving the draft letter, this is what acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen told the January 6th committee, that Trump was waving the draft letter and said, just say that the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me. Just say the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me. This is what you say to your attorney general. You, the acting attorney general, you don't have to find election fraud. Just leave it, leave it to me. I mean, seriously, how is Donald Trump not in jail already? I also have to say I was somewhat surprised to see Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, was indicted in Georgia. From what I understood, special counsel Jack Smith did not name him as one of Trump's co-conspirators two weeks ago because Meadows must have flipped. Because any crimes that Donald Trump committed, Mark Meadows, as his chief of staff, aided and abetted. I've talked about this. Go back and watch those shows. So I was shocked to see that Fonnie Willis, the Fulton County District Attorney, indicted Mark Meadows, I would have assumed he would have cooperated with her the same way he cooperated, I think, with special counsel Jack Smith. uh, Fulton County District Attorney Fonny Willis, uh, perhaps, I think, she felt there was nothing that Mark Meadows had that she needed. I mean, the evidence is overwhelming. She didn't need Mark Meadows to flip. She indicted him. As I've been saying, this series of indictments in Georgia is going to be the real story, at least as of this morning. 
it looks like there's going to be something resembling full transparency. Looks like it's going to be televised. And I'm hopeful it will bring the people of Georgia together, Republican and Democrat, black and white. I hope they see that they have a common enemy, Donald Trump. I hope the people of Georgia see that. That is my wish for Georgia. There is a lot of pain in Georgia, a lot of pain caused by this man, Brian Kemp, the Republican governor, who, when he was secretary of state in charge of the elections before he ran for governor, when he was secretary of state, he scrubbed the voting rolls of black people to beat Democrat Stacey Abrams in 2018. Brian Kemp is not a good guy. He loves his guns. And I'm not an expert on Georgia. I do know that Brian Kemp, the governor, the Republican governor, has not cooperated with Trump. He seems to be offended by claims of voter fraud in Georgia. He seems to take it as a personal affront that he and his Republican secretary of state are being accused of not being able to administer the elections fairly down in Georgia. So I'm hoping that the governor of Georgia will give District Attorney Fawny Willis all the support she deserves to see this trial all the way through. She is the first. She is the first prosecutor of all the prosecutors who went after Trump. She is the first She took office on January 1st, 2021. The next day, Trump made his infamous call to the Secretary of State, Brad Raffsenberger, and she hit the ground running. Before Merrick Garland, Jack Smith, or Alvin Bragg, Fonnie Willis immediately opened up an investigation into Trump's election interference down in Georgia. Now, I've heard from a lot of my listeners, and they are worried that Brian Kemp, the governor of Florida, Republican, is going to fire the Fulton County District Attorney, Fawny Willis. Now, as you know, last week, the racist governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, suspended the democratically elected district attorney for Orlando, Florida. Her name is Monique H. Worrell. She's an African-American woman. She is now the second Florida state attorney suspended by the fascist governor, Ron DeSantis. He suspended her because she said she wouldn't enforce recently passed laws that restrict gender affirming care for minors or laws that limit a woman's access to abortion. In May, and this is what my listeners and I am concerned about, in May of this year, Georgia passed a a similar law giving a statewide commission, not the governor, but giving a statewide commission power to investigate district attorneys as well as fire them. Governor Brian Kemp endorsed this new bill, saying he's not going to sit idly back and allow rogue or incompetent prosecutors to let violent criminals off the hook. District Attorney Fawny Willis, she's the one who just indicted Trump and his racketeers, she opposed this new bill. And during state Senate testimony, while they were considering this bill, she called it what it was, 
racist, because it is racist. During testimony, she noted that she, an African-American, was elected district attorney in 2020 as part of a new wave of minorities in Georgia getting elected as district attorneys. Try to think back to 2020. That was the year of Black Lives Matter protests and Georgia police are highly problematic, let's say murderous. So there was a wave of minorities getting elected in 2020 because of Black Lives Matter. At the start of 2020, there were five Georgia district attorneys who were minorities. But after Election Day 2020, it shot up to 14. From five to 14, the number of minority district attorneys nearly tripled. Like I've been saying, Black Lives Matter is one of the most consequential protest movements in American history. That's why Fox News and the Republicans are constantly trashing it. I don't have time to go over the numbers and the successes of Black Lives Matter, but this bill that gives a commission power to fire a district attorney is a backlash to the success of Black Lives Matter. Can Brian Kemp, the governor of Florida, can he fire or suspend Fonnie Willis if he suddenly decides he wants to impress Trump? At first glance, the answer appears to be no. Unlike in Florida, the power has not been given to the governor. The same way the power to pardon in Georgia has been turned over to a pardon board and it doesn't sit with the governor. So it's not like Governor Kemp can do Trump's bidding and fire her. I don't think. I don't know if Brian Kemp can act honorably. I don't believe he's an honorable man. On the surface, for the time being, however, he seems to have acted honorably when it came time to go before Fawny Willis's grand jury. He didn't have to be subpoenaed, but he testified. And he spoke out against Trump's criticism of how the elections were conducted in 2020. After the 2020 presidential election, Brian Kemp rebuffed Trump's repeated phone calls, all illegal and part of the indictment, where Trump illegally urged Governor Kemp to convene a special session of the state legislature to investigate voter fraud. Those calls to Kemp are now part of the criminal indictment. Kemp refused, and so Trump called him a clown. And within days, the death threats directed to Kemp and his three daughters and his wife commenced. By December of 2020, Governor Kemp found the death threats intolerable. The Georgia governor went public and accused Trump of inciting violence against his family as well as state election workers. But that still didn't stop MAGA enthusiasts from taking to the Internet and spreading conspiracy theories about the death a month before the 2020 election of his daughter's longtime boyfriend. This is ugly, ugly stuff from ugly, ugly brown shirt fascists. You go against Trump 
His thugs are going to come for you. He doesn't have to tell them to do it. They just know. Couple that behavior with the Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffsenberger's daughter-in-law's home broken into with his grandkids living there, all of whom were grieving the recent death of his son. Uh, they, uh, that was their father, his daughter-in-law's husband. He had just lost a son. And the MAGA creeps were threatening that family, as well as his wife. He had to go into hiding. So one would think even Republicans in Georgia, after being exposed to this kind of fascistic warfare, would stand behind Fawny Willis. Politically, Trump has attacked Governor Kemp and encouraged a primary challenge last year when Governor Kemp was running for re-election. After Monday's indictments, Trump continued to spread lies that the election in Georgia had been stolen from him, essentially bolstering the case against Donald Trump. He wasn't saying, as he has been recently, on the advice of counsel, I believe the election was stolen. No, he said the election was stolen. And then promised to produce a 14-page report next week with evidence. Not smart, but he isn't. His failure next week to produce that report will serve as mater material evidence against him in both the federal trial and the one in Georgia. Kemp had enough. And on Tuesday, he issued a statement saying, quote, the 2020 election in Georgia was not stolen. For nearly three years now, anyone with evidence of fraud has failed to come forward under oath and prove anything in a court of law. Our elections in Georgia are secure, accessible and fair and will continue to be if I am governor. So one would think that Kemp has had it with Trump and that he will use his National Guard, if necessary, to protect the courthouse from the very same MAGA racists who sadly voted Kemp into office. I don't know. I suspect Kemp doesn't really care for Fawny Willis. I suspect they've never even talked or coordinated anything having to do with this trial other than his testimony before the grand jury. These are both independent offices, the district attorney, the governor, and they shouldn't really be communicating. They rely on norms and tradition, which when you read the latest indictment, Trump and his defendants see as weakness and openings and they, they exploit them. So I don't know if Kemp and Phony Willis are allies. I know Monday's indictment happened very, very quickly. And it's a lot to absorb. And you don't need to keep everything and everyone straight this morning. You'll have plenty of time over the coming months. But I strongly urge you to follow this trial more than the other ones, because unlike the trial in Manhattan, Miami, or Washington, this one in Georgia exposes who Trump really is, how he operates, and how evil and anti-American he and his immediate associates truly are. 
Let me just say on a personal note, I was scared and shocked for some reason when Fawny Willis said Donald Trump and his co-defendants had a surrender by August 25th. I was taken aback. Uh, my heart skipped a beat. I, I saw a black woman, a graduate of Howard, standing late Monday night before a bank of microphones in Georgia, Georgia, no less, a daughter of a crypto black panther telling the son of a crypto KKK member, never forget Trump's father was arrested at a Klan rally in New York, Fawny Willis telling Donald Trump to lug his cheesy ass down to Georgia and pose for a mugshot, which the sheriff insists will be on the menu that day, August 25th. My heart pounded and I thought, he's not showing up. He'll turn this into an extradition issue. It'll be come and get me. I know his lawyers tried to get the indictment in Manhattan criminal court transferred out of New York state's jurisdiction, claiming Trump's being charged with crimes he committed while president, so he shouldn't be tried in a state court. A judge rejected that motion and recognized New York's jurisdiction. I know they're already trying to get the trial in Georgia transferred out of Fulton County, away from Fawny Willis. And I know that Mark Meadows, who's indicted, is also trying to get this entire case thrown out of the state of Georgia and moved to a federal courtroom. So I think Trump, Mark Meadows, I don't think they show up for their arrest on August 25th. I think Donald Trump's lawyers will file a brief with the courts saying these are all federal offenses. And I don't think he shows up for the life of me. I can't imagine Trump showing up on August 25th to be arrested by a black woman. I just don't think he can handle the humiliation. It would be too good. It would be too good to be true. One of my biggest surprises in the indictment is that on October 31st, 2020, days before the election, Trump instructed one of his speechwriters to prepare a statement for after election day when Biden was declared the winner. He instructed the writer to give him a speech where Trump declares victory and claims voter fraud. He was already prepared to lose four days before the election. He was already planning to claim voter fraud and declare victory. We already know that lawyer John Eastman, also indicted, had set up a working group of lawyers months before Election Day preparing memos that would claim voter fraud. But I had no idea Trump was stupid enough days before the election to order an underling to write a statement claiming voter fraud. I mean, talk about leaving a paper trail. Also, I found interesting the indictment talks about the involvement of Republican National Committee Chairwoman Rona McDaniel. Trump and John Eastman, according to the indictment, got on the phone with her at least once to solicit help in putting together the false elector scheme. They asked her to help find Republican loyalists in those battleground states 
who would be willing to meet and forge documents claiming they were the rightful electors. She was not indicted. I'd like to know the extent of her cooperation with both Fawny Willis in Georgia and the special counsel Jack Smith. Seems from reading this indictment, there was a lot of cooperation from the Republican Party at the very top in putting together these phony slates of electors around the country. I was also struck by an email that John Eastman sent Vice President Mike Pence's chief of staff and his lawyer on January 6, 2021. In this memo, he spells out precisely what Trump's plan is. While Pence was tallying the votes, the memo arrived. I don't know if this was before or after they stormed the Capitol. But Eastman writes, quote, I implore, I implore you to consider one more relatively minor violation of election law. Okay, I implore you to consider one more minor violation of election law and adjourn for 10 days to allow the legislatures to finish their investigations, as well as to allow a full forensic audit of the massive amounts of illegal activity that has occurred here. This is making a false statement. There was absolutely no evidence. Okay, there's so many crimes being committed here. It's writing a false statement, coercing a, a government official to violate the Constitution, coercing a, a making a false statement, as well as coercing the vice president into violating his oath of office. These are major, major crimes. He, John Eastman, the lawyer, knew there was not a single shred of evidence of voter fraud. He goes on to write, and it all sounds so reasonable, right? He writes, if none of that moves the needle, at least a good portion of the 75 million people who supported President Trump will have seen a process that allowed the illegality to be aired. Right. This is a con. This is I'm being reasonable. It's January 6th. I know all the laws say that these votes have to be tallied today, but let's be reasonable here and break another law and just give us 10 more days to create rioting in the streets and have the Supreme Court turn it over to Congress to decide who should be president. And if Congress had decided in 2020, Donald Trump would have won because of the way those votes are counted. East, Eastman was admitting in writing that it would be against the law. He says this is against the law, but it's a minor infraction, just a little insurrection, right? It strikes me because Eastman puts into writing that what he is recommending is, in fact, illegal, and I always say evil people are stupid. Evil pe Hitler was, you know, invading Russia during the winter. Evil people are stupid. It also, in the memo, exposes what the grand plan is. It's, this memo is really worth reading, or it's, it's in the indictment. It's worth taking a look at. He outlines what the plan is in that memo to, to Mike Pence's chief of staff and his lawyer. He says... Let's delay the certification. Let's create the illusion of doubt. 
Let's get it over to the Supreme Court. It'll get thrown to Congress. Trump is reelected. Now, Trump and his cohorts have been ordered to surrender on August 25th in Georgia. And I don't think Trump will show up. I think there'll be a bench warrant. I wouldn't be driving around with a busted taillight, Donald Trump. Either way, it will be interesting to see if the rest of them will be processed at the Fulton County Jail, which is where regular citizens down in Atlanta, i.e. black people, are fingerprinted before they go before a judge. I would really like to see these people, including Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani, the racist Rudy Giuliani, the very racist and probably a rapist, according to the lawyers who are suing him for sexual harassment, the racist rapist, Rudy Giuliani. I would love to see him spend a night in Fulton County. Uh, would be nice. 60 Fulton County inmates that in that jail have died under mysterious causes between 2009 and October of 2022. Fulton County Jail is considered by some to be the most dangerous jail in all of Georgia. It is severely underfunded. Gee, I wonder why. Who lives in Fulton County? Why would it be severely underfunded? And it's unable to provide proper medical care to its inmates. It's important to know that according to the ACLU, half of the jail's inmates are unindicted. They are not just waiting for a trial. They are waiting to be charged. I have to repeat this because this is something I talk about a lot and it means a lot to me. According to the ACLU, half of the inmates in Fulton, Fulton County Jail are unindicted. They are not just waiting for a trial. They are waiting to be charged. Well, all of the people who are going to be processed on August 25th have been indicted and they're going to be charged. Seems like there ought to be room for them at the inn. There are. There is no room at the end, but that doesn't stop Fulton County Jail from filling the place up. There are. 2,892 people, human beings, Americans, in Fulton's jail, but only 2,591 beds. Some of the inmates are sleeping on cots in the halls, as you see here. I'm now going to show you some pictures. You may want to look away. These are actual pictures of the Fulton County Jail. The ACLU, look at that. Let me go. You, you should probably look away. This is a, a cell. Uh, reporters got pictures of some of the cells in uh, the Fulton County Jail. Wouldn't you like to see Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani spend a night in one of those cells? It would, it would be like uh, a night at the Doral in Miami with less bed bugs. Doral is owned by uh, Donald Trump. Read the health department reports about Donald Trump's Doral Hotel. 
The ACLU says 46.6 of Fulton's inmates have not been formally charged with a crime. 12% of them are there because they can't pay, uh, make bail. Seems to me one night, I've spent a night in jail. All of us have spent a night in jail. Seems to me the judge should make Trump and Giuliani and Meadow and Cheesebro and Eastman give them this cell. Okay? Might be nice for all those defendants, all those Republicans to spend a night in Fulton County Jail. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland has launched an investigation after credible allegations of excessive force as well as unsanitary conditions, unsanitary conditions. Uh, The Department of Justice's Civil Rights Division began looking into Fulton County jail conditions after a homeless gentleman died in the psychiatric wing back in September of last year. His name is LaShawn Thompson. He was only 35. He died in September of 2022, three months after he was booked into the Fulton County Jail down in Atlanta. Because they don't administer health care properly, he was denied medicine for schizophrenia, and he ended up up losing 32 pounds during his three-month incarceration uh, before he died. His body was discovered, covered in lice, insects crawling all over him, That would be the Fulton County Jail. Uh, Meanwhile, Republicans in Georgia, including Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's a Republican. I don't give a shit. Uh, Republicans in Georgia, including Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, are still at it, trying to suppress the black vote. That's why Republicans... That's why you have a Republican governor, a Republican secretary of state, a Republican lieutenant governor. They suppress the black vote. Georgia is a blue state if you let everyone vote. That's why they scrub the votes. They scrub the voting rolls. Uh, And when you scrub the voting rolls, it means poor people and black people will find it harder to vote when they show up. Brad Raffsenberger is once again... Uh, canceling what Republicans call inactive voter registrations. It's a little confusing. That's why the Republicans do this, because it sounds reasonable at first blush, but it's racist and anti-democratic and anti-American. What they're doing is if you haven't voted in five years, you are sent a postcard. This is how they're scrubbing the votes this year. They're, they send you a postcard if you haven't voted in five years. Use it or lose it. And if you ignore the postcard, you're automatically scrubbed from the voter rolls and you have to register all over again. You see how this works? How many postcards do you read? How much junk mail do you read? How many of you are registered to vote at, say, your parents' house, but you're now living across town with new roommates? 
How many of you were living with a guy or a girl five years ago and then you moved out? You moved in with another friend and the old boyfriend or the old girlfriend isn't forwarding your mail. See how it works? How many have you, how many of you have just moved but didn't tell the voting registrar, but you're still living in the same county? This is voter suppression. A lot of people actually don't have homes. They say they register to vote at their parents' house and then they couch surf. Uh, this is voter suppression, the very same voter suppression that got Governor Brian Kemp elected in 2018 when he went up against Stacey Abrams. 191,000 residents of Georgia will lose their right to vote in Georgia next month. This is a voter purge under the guise of making sure people who moved, you see, it always sounds reasonable. We're just making sure that people who moved aren't going to return to Georgia on election day to vote twice. They moved. Why would they come back? They left Georgia. If they wanted to come back, they wouldn't have moved out of Georgia. Nobody does this. We know this for a fact. This doesn't happen. Nobody votes twice because they barely vote once. There are like 100 million people who could vote but don't vote. The problem is we don't have enough people voting. Voter fraud is not real. Voter fraud is not real. It's an excuse dreamed up by white racist Republicans to justify voter suppression. That's all it is. Trump is the golem Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger created. Trump is the golem Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger created. They told so many lies, and they're still telling these lies for so many years about voter fraud. Trump seized the opportunity and screamed voter fraud. And enough racist idiots believed him. Republicans created voter fraud. It doesn't exist. They created voter fraud to justify keeping poor people and people of color from voting. Voter fraud doesn't exist. Trump didn't invent voter fraud. He perfected it. So Br Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger are going, why is he saying there's voter fraud here in Georgia? Because you two won't shut up about it. So Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, is saying he's done a terrific job with election integrity. The election wasn't stolen. And he's busy claiming we must protect Georgia from non-existent voter fraud. Again, by making it harder for black people and poor people to vote. The secretary of state, the hero, right? He is the hero. Three recounts in Georgia. Uh, he said no to Donald Trump. He's a Republican and he taped that call. So he is a hero, uh, but he's a Republican. So he's a pig. He's a pig. A he's a racist pig who disenfranchises people of color and poor people. He's a pig. He had one good run from uh, Election Day 2020 until January 2nd when he turned that 
tape of the phone call over, I think, to the Washington Post. That's the only decent thing this pig has done in his life. But he's and he's still at it with the voter suppression. He announced this month that Georgians who haven't cast a ballot in five years will have their voter registration canceled unless they mail back the notice they probably didn't receive or ignored within 30 days of not getting it. This is what Georgia is famous for. They really are. They perfected the voter fraud scare. They really did. Trump just exploited it. Hey, you're going to lie about voter fraud? So am I. Every two years in Georgia, they scrub the voter rolls. And it is precisely why Brian Kemp is the governor. When he was secretary of state the year before in 2017, before he ran for governor, the man in charge of the elections in 2017, Brian Kemp, secretary of state, uh, he stole the, the, the governor's race in 2018 from Stacey Abrams by removing, are you sitting down, 534,000 voter registrations. In 2017, Brian Kemp, the governor, the, the, at the time, the secretary of state of Georgia in charge of the elections, he knew he was going to be running for governor the next year. He knew he was probably going to be going up against African-American Stacey Abrams. So in 2017, he scrubbed 534,000 voter registrations. And Stacey Abrams conceded, but she said, this isn't really a concession this election I don't think she used the word stolen, but this actually, this isn't voter fraud. This is voter suppression. Voter suppression is real. Voter fraud is not. Voter fraud is what Republicans use to justify voter suppression. When you scrub 534,000 voter registrations the year before you're running for governor, that is voter suppression. And he uses voter fraud as the excuse to suppress the vote. And that was a national record. Brian Kemp, he, he broke the he's in the record books for most votes scrubbed in a single year. I'm being serious. No secretary of state in any of the 50 states has scrubbed as many votes. In one year as as uh, then Secretary of State, soon to be governor of, of Georgia, Brian Kemp. So they're doing it again. They do it every two years in Georgia, right? Got to protect ourselves from voter fraud. Well, maybe, uh, no, there is no such thing as voter fraud. In making the announcement of the new voter purge, the Secretary of State this week, Brad Raffensperger, declared Georgia's voter rolls are the cleanest in the nation. And list maintenance efforts like these ensure the integrity of our elections. No, they don't. They're anti-democratic. They're un-American. They're racist. They're racist. But I would expect nothing less 
from white people in Georgia. 2% of the state's 8 million registered voters will be scrubbed this year by the fall. 2% of 8 million registered voters will have their registration scrubbed. And, you know, they're all rich white people, I'm sure. Meanwhile, Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis has been in the need of round-the-clock security since the day she was elected district attorney back in 2020. Trump supporters have amped up the racially tinged death threats, and they're just getting worse. As courthouse workers also need beefed-up security, and her entire office, all her attorneys, are being told to stay home, be careful. She's a single mom, two older daughters. Fonnie Willis can't go out to dinner or see friends without bodyguards. In an interview with Time Magazine two years ago, she was a new prosecutor, new top. She had been a prosecutor in Fulton County before, but now she was the top prosecutor. She talked about crime in Atlanta and said she has witnessed more evil than anyone should ever see. She then said her community needed more mental health professionals and fewer lawyers and fewer cops. That's from a prosecutor who knows just how mentally ill this country has become. We are a nation in desperate need of mental health professionals. We don't need more poorly run jails and more trigger happy cops. Those cops could use mental health professionals as well. As Fonnie Willis told Time Magazine, we cannot arrest our way out of this problem. Before becoming the top prosecutor in Fulton County, Madam DA, that's what her supporters call her, Madam DA worked briefly as a defense attorney, but has spent most of her professional career working as a prosecutor. She says she sent many a criminal to prison for life and hasn't lost a night's sleep over it. You rooting for her? Are you rooting for her? Are you rooting for Madam DA? Because starting next week, Donald Trump's attack machine is going to try to turn her into Charles Manson. Now, in the past, when you wanted to destroy a political enemy's reputation, you hired a, a private detective to dig up dirt. But Trump is way too cheap, so he just makes shit up. Recently, he's been accusing her father of being a Black Panther, and some reports confirm that, sort of. What Trump leaves out is all the good work the Black Panthers did, which is why Clarence Thomas identified with the Black Panthers until he realized there was more money to be made in convincing fragile white billionaires who hate black people that they're not racist. How can I be a racist? Some of my best friends are black people who hate black people. Look, Clarence Thomas, he's my best friend. He's black and he hates black people too, so how can I be racist? Richard Pryor was with the Panthers and it was the FBI that assassinated Fred Hampton. It was the FBI that militarized certain segments of the Black Panthers. When the FBI is sending compromising photos, photos to Dr. King and telling him to kill himself before he gets assassinated, 
there are going to be a couple of black activists who are going to start thinking, maybe we need to protect ourselves. Maybe we need to drive around Oakland, California with guns, keeping an eye on the cops, which was all perfectly legal. That's what the Panthers did in Oakland. They exercised their Second Amendment right. They got police radios. And whenever someone was getting pulled over by a cop, they showed up with their guns and watched. This was before iPhones. And then they showed up inside the California state capitol, exercising their Second Amendment rights to walk around the visitor's gallery of the California state capitol brandishing rifles. This is a picture taken of some Panthers exercising their perfectly legal Second Amendment rights. And then suddenly Governor Ronald Reagan said, we need gun control. That's how it works here in America. Fonnie Willis's father may or may not have been a Black Panther. He may have identified with Black Panthers, but what is certain is he became a defense attorney. He went to law school. And unlike Jim Jordan, who also went to law school, Fonnie Willis's father and Fonnie Willis passed the bar. Have I ever mentioned that Jim Jordan, the Republican chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, went to law school, but was too stupid to pass the bar? Have I ever mentioned that Congressman Jim Jordan went to law school and is too stupid to pass the bar? Fawny Willis passed the bar. Her supposed Black Panther father passed the bar. Jim Jordan couldn't pass the bar. And when she was growing up, Fonnie used to follow her father uh, at work. And she developed a love for the law, a love for the law. You know, the law is complicated. It's unfair. It favors the rich and the powerful. But every freedom we take for granted and every freedom we're losing is because of lawyers we need good lawyers. We do not have many. When you run down the list of the people indicted on Monday, uh, when you run down the list of uh, co-conspirators in the special counsel's indictment two weeks ago, lawyers, most of them are lawyers. The crimes committed by Donald Trump were all facilitated by mentally ill lawyers, corrupt, venal, attention-seeking, soulless, rudderless, loveless lawyers, the same exact people who wrote the Nuremberg Laws, same type. Rudy Giuliani would have been very happy writing the Nuremberg Laws, helping out with the Enabling Act. Now, in Georgia, it is against the law, it is against state law, to make false statements in official settings. For example, you're not allowed to lie to the police uh, or on the witness stand or while testifying before the state legislature. You're not allowed. To, this is not freedom of speech. You're not allowed to make false statements to election officials in the hope of convincing them to change the vote count. That's election interference. Uh, there are election fraud statues, statutes, on the books in Georgia. Uh, 
They prohibit making false statements to election officials to try to alter election results. You are not allowed special access to rooms where votes are being tabulated without official clearance. You just can't walk in there because you're the White House chief of staff. And this is what one of the reasons Mark Meadows was indicted Monday night. You are not allowed to threaten or coerce election officials like Trump was just indicted for. And you're not allowed to order people to make these false statements. Essentially, so those are the basic laws that fall under the RICO predicates of a RICO prosecution, some of them. Uh, Let me go over some of the basic crimes that were enumerated in Monday night's indictment. There are so many criminal acts mentioned. I think there's like close to 200 criminal acts outlined in the indictment. And the acts, the criminal acts, center around the following general activities, which you should familiarize yourself with, because this is a a very important trial. We all know about the famous phone call Donald Trump and Mark Meadows, his chief of staff, made right to the secretary of state, secretary of state of of Georgia, lying to him uh, about uh, having evidence of voter fraud. Right. That's a lie. You, You can't make false statements to the secretary of state of Georgia as the commander in chief, no less, under the color of law and say, I have evidence of voter fraud if you. Don't. It's against the law. And that's why Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, was indicted. He was in on that call as well. On that tape, he has heard lying. He has heard telling the secretary of state that he, too, had evidence of voter fraud. Even though his son is a lawyer in Georgia, he sent his son out to find evidence of voter fraud. And the son came back and said, zero. Okay. That proves, partially proves Mark Meadows' state of mind. The indictments also center around the phony elector scheme. And that's really, I know a lot of people tell me, I find it a little hard to understand. uh, But, uh, you know, until this indictment, you can't really appreciate the lengths Trump and Rudy, along with the lawyers John Eastman, and Harvard Law School graduate Kenneth Cheesebro went to orchestrate these meetings, not just in the state capital of Georgia, but around the country to get this phony elector scheme going. Uh, it, it's not easy to understand the phony elector scheme, and that's why they went with it. It's confusing. So it's easy for Trump to lie about it. Kenneth Cheesebro, did I mention he went to Harvard Law School? And he's been indicted. He was was, uh, listed as a co-conspirator in the federal indictment, what was it, two weeks ago? And he was indicted by Fawny Willis Monday night. Kenneth Cheesebro, did I mention that he went to Harvard Law? This is the prick who wrote the memos explaining how to execute the phony elector scheme. I recommend you read his memos if you want to understand the phony elector scheme. He, he and Eastman kind of dreamed it up. Uh, according to the indictment, he included 
in his memos, attachments to be forwarded to the phony electors. Those attachments were the forms that they needed to fill out to commit forgery, to make it look like they were the duly elected slate of electors from Georgia. He wasn't, according to the indictment, and this is why he's been indicted, he just wasn't some Harvard Law School graduate, you know, playing a, a thought game, like how, how could you uh, find a, a workaround to get Donald Trump elected? He was happily, and he said that in the memos, happily grateful to be part of this. Okay? The indictments will also focus, the indictments also, they do focus on the perjury committed by Rudy Giuliani. Mammoth, mammoth criminal acts of perjury. It's really shocking uh, that, that Rudy Giuliani didn't know that he was committing perjury before several Georgia legislative committees where he detailed manufactured evidence of voter fraud that he simply pulled out of his ass. He was just spewing lies. Uh, Now, I don't know if he was sworn in. I don't know if he was under oath, but it's still against the law in Georgia, at least, to make false statements in official settings. doesn't matter whether or not he... He, he, they swore him in when he testified before these committees. You're not allowed to make false statements in official settings. The indictments focus on lawyer John Eastman's perjury as well before these legislative committees, although I didn't see the word perjury. So I don't know. I have a feeling they weren't sworn in. I have a feeling uh, those, I think they're indicted for making false statements. Okay. The indictments also focus on how Rudy, Donald Trump, and John Eastman conspired to convince Republican members of the state legislature to help them put together the phony slate of electors. That's a picture of Mike Pence. I'm going to get to him in a second. I jumped the gun. I couldn't wait. This is my new picture of uh, Mike Pence that I'm going to be using, but I jumped the gun. Uh, It is against the law to uh, come to Georgia and coerce election officials or elected officials in the state of Georgia into violating their oath of office. These people... The, uh, the election officials, the, the legislature, legislators, the secretary of state, the governor, they all put their hand on a Bible. They took an oath to obey the laws of Georgia. It is against the law to threaten, coerce, intimidate people into violating their oaths. The indictment also, fo- there we go. I look, this is what I've been looking forward to all morning. The the noose and the gallows in front of the Capitol denoting Mike Pence. The indictment also focuses on the illegal coercion of Mike Pence not to certify. The lies told to him, the memos written, the misrepresentation of the 12th Amendment and the Electoral Electoral Count Act. These are all memos written by Kenneth Cheesebro and John Eastman, they were sent to Mike Pence's lawyers. 
in the lead up to January 6th, as well as on January 6th. These were also the lies, the foundation. These memos were the foundation for the lies Donald Trump repeatedly told Mike Pence. He's, he, wor- he was working off Cheese Bros memos and John Eastman's memos to prove that uh, he had the constitutional right not to certify the the election. Even Dan Quayle, Mike Pence called Dan Quayle, they're both from Indiana. Dan Quayle is just as stupid as Donald Trump. Even Dan Quayle knew the vice president doesn't have the constitutional right to decertify or or say, let's take 10 days and regroup. Even Dan Quayle knew that. The indictment also details Donald Trump's nonstop pressure through phone calls or in speeches or on Twitter trying to intimidate as well as lie to the governor of Georgia, the attorney general, the secretary of state's chief investigator. He was trying to convince them through illegal false statements there was voter fraud. Your First Amendment rights do not include going on Twitter or making speeches or picking up a phone and calling election officials. These are all things that Donald Trump is accused of. You're not allowed to uh, intimidate, defame election officials for not uh, changing the election results uh, by spreading false statements about voter fraud. It is against the law. It has nothing to do with freedom of speech. So that's what these defendants are all charged with. That's what Donald Trump is charged with. It's Donald Trump is, this is a RICO prosecution. He's charged with heading a criminal enterprise, which it was the enterprise of trying to steal the 2020 presidential election. He is charged with ordering, soliciting his underlings to commit a whole suite of crimes. This is a criminal enterprise, a racket. And at the very top, the very top is Donald Trump. At the very top of this criminal racket is Donald Trump. That's why it's mostly, mostly a RICO prosecution, not entirely, but mostly a RICO prosecution. Before I wrap it up, uh, the indictment also centers around, and this is really, uh, you all know this story, and this is why I think one of the reasons we have the trial of the century here. It's bigger than OJ uh, because this really is about race. Um, OJ was about race, but this trial is really about race. Okay? The indictment centers around the physical intimidation, the psychological intimidation of a mother and a daughter Fulton County poll workers, Ruby Freeman, and her daughter, Shay Moss. Uh, 
the amount of racism freely leveled at them is worthy of an entire episode. Rudy Giuliani, I'm so glad he's broke and he can't afford his legal fees, although people should be able to afford representation, except Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, during testimony in, in Georgia, on Fox News, Donald Trump, during his infamous phone call, they implied or said outright that Ruby Freeman and her daughter, Shay Moss, were thugs. They implied they were cocaine dealers. Donald Trump called them election racketeers. Uh, I think they make $15 an hour. I think it's $15 an hour working, uh, helping count the votes. Uh, according to the indictment, Donald Trump's people sent Kanye West's publicist down to Georgia to intimidate them into changing their story. Uh, they were they were this is what a criminal. This is what mobsters do. Uh, you, you know, the accusation that they were ballot stuffing, which there was no evidence of. But uh, what what mobsters do they sent Kanye West's publicist down to Georgia. They met, uh, the publicist met with uh, these two women and they she literally tried to terrify them into confessing to crimes they never committed. This is straight out of The Sopranos. They ended up suing Rudy Giuliani for defamation. And Rudy, if you've been following that defamation case. There's so many Rudy trials. Rudy admits he defamed them. Uh, he says that everything he accused them of publicly was a lie. And he's already paid them $90,000 to cover their legal fees, but he has yet to concede the case. He was lying about them on Fox News and their lives were threatened. The FBI had to offer up protection, all because Rudy Giuliani was exercising his First Amendment rights to get these two killed. It's, the First Amendment does not include defamation or inter, uh, uh, intimidation, uh, lies that... Uh, provoke MAGA imbeciles to threaten people's lives. They had to move out of their homes. The FBI had to get involved. Rudy Giuliani, you know, he's a joke. He's an alcoholic. He's really dangerous. And it looks like he's a rapist, officially a rapist, at least according to the uh, latest sexual harassment suit. This is, this is the devil. You know, we make fun of him. He's the devil. People in New York knew that when he was mayor. He had one good day, September 11th. That was his best day. That was his only good day. Everybody, everybody else was suffering. Rudy, when Rudy thinks of September 11th, he goes, ah, the good old days. Ah, yes. Uh, yeah, he is bad. Uh, the indictments, and then I'll, I'll wrap it up, I promise. The indictments also center around 
Trump's lawyers and Confederates working with lawyer Sidney Powell, who Donald Trump called crazy. Uh, uh, there is now in the indictments charges that she uh, conspired to copy the inside of election machines in Coffee County. That's a contested area. It's not a contested area. It's it's 200 miles out of Atlanta. And Giuliani and Sidney Powell wanted to get their hands on those uh, election machines in, in Coffee County. According to the indictment, Sidney Powell, attorney, uh, she's the attorney Trump was planning to appoint a special counsel inside the Justice Department to fabricate evidence of voter fraud. Sidney Powell, according to the indictment, lied before the January 6th committee. She committed actual perjury when she said she had nothing to do with the security breach of the voting machines in Coffee County. It was a security breach of voting machines that led to Voting data, personal data getting shared online with MAGA imbeciles. They were trying to crowdsource a search for evidence of voter fraud. And despite all that, no voter fraud. And what makes this especially galling, this specific data breach, it is it occurred on January 7th, the day after January 6th, after the whole world saw the insurrection unfold on their TV screens after the election was officially certified for Joe Biden, Donald Trump and his lawyers were still pushing the voter fraud lie. And I find that mind boggling. And I went for a walk today. I'm thinking, why? Why? I mean, there is there's no evidence of voter fraud. Why try this hard? Where's your self-respect? Why would Donald Trump go to such great lengths to stay in office? And I went for a walk and I thought, I finally realized uh, he owes more money to Putin and those Russian oligarchs than we imagined. Now, we know he has no money. Money goes in and it goes out. It passes through him because he's a money launderer. But he has no money. Read the reporting done by David K. Johnston. He's up to his neck in debt. He owns nothing. He he doesn't own Trump Tower. He doesn't own Mar-a-Lago. He owns nothing. He puts his name on buildings because the banks decided his name is worth something. So as mar- as marketing, he has zero money. And so why is he fighting to the bitter end? I think uh, he's trying to show the mobsters that he's trying to get back into the Oval Office. I'm really working for, to get back in for you. I, I know I owe you money. And I know that uh, when I'm the president, I can pay you back in ways that, you know, can't really be proved. But I'm really working. I'm doing everything. I think all this conspiring and humiliation, I mean, it's pretty humiliating to put yourself through all this. I think he's telling all his creditors, 
I'm really worried. I swear to you, I'm trying to get back in there. Think about this. The guy is going to be 80. Uh, if he were really a billionaire, would he fight this hard to remain president? Uh, the lengths he has gone to to stay in office suggests Putin or someone is prepared to defenestrate him uh, when he's no longer useful. I would go so far as to suggest that if Donald Trump doesn't get elected again, the safest place for him will be prison. Nobody should be fighting this hard to be president. Even a sociopath starved for attention gets tired. I think there are sinister, dark forces telling Donald Trump, you get out when we say you get out. He's a mobster, and that's how the mafia works. The global mafia, that's how it works. You just don't say, okay, I'm done. You don't get to retire. Remember, every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Remember that? That's Donald Trump's curse. He has to keep going. His life depends upon it. Why else would he be working this hard? I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. 